0: Welcome to Old Walls House, it's me, it's your man, it's your main man and host, it's Old Walls, I'm back with you, episode 47 of Old Walls House coming your way, so again, I'm here. I'm back. I'm giving you my thoughts of the whole week in sports and much more. So, thank you guys for coming back and joining me. I appreciate all the support. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Quick update on our, our viewership, not viewership, listenership. We've been heard in 20 different countries now. 20 countries. The good old US of A, Germany, Ireland, Canada, Italy, the United Kingdom. Hungary, Switzerland, Slovakia, Australia, Mexico, Belgium, Sweden, the Ukraine, Lithuania, Kenya, Austria, Denmark, Japan, and Turkey. So to our listeners all over the world, which is a crazy thing for me to be saying, thank you guys so much. Also, 33 different states. I won't bother you in listening listing all them. So again, thank you guys so much. And if you could... We're going to hit that little housekeeping now. If you guys could, please rate, review, comment, subscribe, and share. And a quick little note. Starting today, starting when you guys listen to this episode, we're running a t-shirt giveaway. I'm going to give away three t-shirts. What you have to do to be eligible to be entered into the t-shirt giveaway is when the episode comes out, just share it. Share it and tag me. Wally's World 09 on Twitter and Instagram. You can tag me on Facebook as well if you got me there. If you tag me in a shared post, you'll be entered to win the t-shirt giveaway. We're going to give that away on episode 52, which is going to be our one-year anniversary pretty much. So all that said, this episode, what we're going to do is our man MJ, he's got 60 seconds. We're going to start there. We're going to flow from that into our Packers breakdown. We're going to talk some NFL. We're talking college football. We're talking Flyers. We're going to talk some UNC basketball. And then, of course, you guys got my passing thoughts. So without further ado, let's get to MJ. What's up, Wally?
1: It's MJ here. Uh, Great pod the last couple weeks. You know, as I said uh with the North Carolina talk I know you'll probably hit that a little bit they are uh, a little bad right now and I think it's going to take some time I'm not in panic panic mode yet but they got a good shot of losing a a third straight Wednesday night I think they're at Indiana um so that's a little scary for us Tar Heel fans but I'm going to talk a little bit about your Packers I know that's going to be a hot topic for the pod I'm sure um you know, I do feel a little sorry for you, but at the same time, I don't. You've had 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Um, but it's sad to see, you know, bodies breaking down a little bit with Rodgers and everything. But I don't hit the panic button on him yet. Um, if he wants to play, he's still going to be an elite top three quarterback. But maybe it won't be with the Packers. Um, so I hope I uh, hope you're doing okay after this weekend. I know that's some, some tough loss, but good luck, buddy.
0: MJ gone. Well, let's start with the Packers, shall we? Might as well get it done with. You know, talk about it. Work through our feelings here. See how we're uh see how we everybody's doing here. See if we can all make it through the end of the season. The Eagles beat the Packers. 40 to 33. Closer of a game than I thought it was gonna be. Especially after the, the way that game started. The uh yeah, I mean the, the Eagles just came out and just jammed it right down their throat on the first drive. Then, Rogers throws an interception. What do you know? It's 13-0. They miss a kick. They miss an extra point. Whoopsies. It's 13-0 with nine minutes left in the first quarter. Credit. Credit to Green Bay. They decided to get back in the game. They decided to make it a game. Back-to-back scores. Are they back-to-back? I forget. Um, Sugar. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Were they back-to-back or not? I can't remember. Either way, they scored two more times in the quarter and actually tanked the lead in the first quarter. It was a short-lived lead because there were um four scores in the first quarter. It was 14-13 coming out of that. And then six seconds, six seconds into the second quarter. I mean, on the app, on the score app, it actually says 15 minutes. It doesn't even equate <laughs> that it was less uh but yeah six seconds into the, the this second quarter there was uh another Miles Sanders touchdown so yeah so five scores in the first 15 minutes and six seconds of the game pretty wild and uh you, you heard Miles Sanders you know who else ran it a lot and very well Jalen Hurts he ran for a hundred yards in the first quarter ended up with a buck 57 on the night Miles Sanders went for like 142 what do you go for? Let's let's double check. Let's just be sure of this. One forty three. One. I said one forty two, and it was one forty three. That was pretty good. Three hundred sixty three yards for the Eagles. Three sixty three. Oof. Oofta. 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 I think it's time. Joe Barry's got to go. It's it, there's this defense has been underwhelming all year. Haven't close haven't come close to living up to the expectations that there were at the start of the year. It's time to move on from Joe Barry. They gotta find I don't know if there's a different scheme they need, if they need, you know, a lot of different players. But something's got to happen. They something's got to be changed because they gave up 40 points and 363 running yards. 363 Did we forget Jalen Hurts was a mobile quarterback? God, you know what it felt like? It felt like watching those San Francisco games from like 2012 to like 2015. Maybe 2014. I can't remember how long it was. The Kaepernick, no Kaepernick got benched in 15, right? Or was that 16? Whatever it was that like 2012 to 2014 or 2015 era. Where Colin Kaepernick was just torching us every fucking time we played San Fran. It was annoying. It was annoying as shit. And I felt like I was watching something similar last night. It's like, do we not know that Jalen Hurts is mobile? A little quick on his feet? He played a good game, though. Jalen Hurts, good game. I would, I don't know if there's worry for the the Eagles. I mean, a win's a win. And, you know, the Packers played some some pretty good ball at times. But, I don't know. Felt like they should have beat the Packers by more. They Had a fumble. A couple fumbles, I believe. Kept the Packers in it, so. The next thing. The next thing to talk about is the fact that Aaron Rodgers left the game midway through the third. And we saw a little bit of Jordan Love. And he, he looked okay. Good-ish. Good-ish. Small sample size, obviously, so let's not get carried away. He made some good throws in the pocket. Obviously, he hits Christian Watson on that crossing route, and Watson, who has absolute burners, wheels, flies, fast as lightning. No, but seriously, just absolutely turns on the Jets, and I mean, Watson made a, I mean, sorry, uh, Love made a good pass. Let's not, let's not downplay it, but I mean, Watson did the work. I mean, it was like a 15 yard pass and then Watson peeled the next 40 off. But yeah, he was, he looked all right. Like he looked solid and, and the Eagles seemed to be playing kind of back. And when he had to move in the pocket, his throws weren't as good, but still he goes six for nine, I believe was the, was the stat line. Let me get it back up. My app is frozen here. But, yeah, I mean, I think he looked decent. Yeah, 6-9, 113, uh, one touchdown. Doesn't get sacked. Doesn't throw an interception. Looks miles better than he looked back in preseason. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's some help there. Who knows? Christian Watson, though, is apparently a dude. Maybe they they got a good receiver. Maybe they they finally found one. Just the rest of the things collapsed around them. I think Aaron Jones had a good night. They felt like they were feeding Aaron Jones the ball a lot more. He couldn't run it for shit. A.J. Dillon, eight rushes for 64 yards. He was running the best he's run all year. Jones, 12 rushes, 43 yards. Three receptions, 56 yards. Kind of felt like he had more. He had that one really good touchdown catch. 15 touches, though. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not like there's a bunch more touches to go around. Like he got about as much as he could, but Rogers said he's going to be back to play the bears in Chicago next week. I think the dude just really loves playing the bears. I think the best case scenario is to let love just play out the rest of the year. If Rodgers has actually got a banged up thumb, now he's got a ribbon oblique injury. Just let love play out the rest of the year. I mean, This year, just find out what you got there. It's weird. It's weird getting to the point where you're like, maybe it's time. We just do it and move on. Because, yeah, it's the Bears next week. Then there's a bye. Then the Rams. They suck. Love can play that game. Who cares? The Dolphins on Christmas Day. God, I was excited when the Packers were going to be playing on Christmas Day. And now now I'm not so much. Now I'm not so much. Oh, well, that's about all I got for the Packers, so maybe the Jordan Love era has begun. Maybe it's going to be Jordan Love and Christian Watson leading us the next decade. So, let's, uh, yeah, we'll wrap up the Packers stuff and move on to the rest of the NFL. So, for the rest of the NFL, the first team that really caught my eye, and I was watching Red Zone this weekend, no Packers game until Sunday night, obviously, so, open invitation to watch red zone all day. And I made the note, are the dolphins, the team to beat in the AFC East. And I made that note while watching the first half of the first games, the earlier games, because they were putting it on the Texans. And I know the Texans are bad, but I think they rang up 30 in the first half. And then I didn't realize until I'm kind of looking at stuff to, to record that The Texans scored all the points in the second half. So now I'm wondering, are the Dolphins for real? Like, they're a good team. They've got good weapons, but they didn't score any points in the second half against the Texans. And I know, I know, they probably just let their foot off the gas a little bit. And Tua had a great stat line. 22 of 36, you know, a few too many interceptions, not interceptions, incompletions there. But 299 touchdown, got sacked four times, a little worrisome. But, I mean, they got dudes, Waddle and and Hill, you know, some good running backs. Are they the team to beat in the AFC East, or is it still the Bills? Be interesting to watch that going forward next week. Who do they got next week? Bills got the Patriots on Thursday coming up. So that's a big game in the division. Dolphins head to the 49ers. We're going to find out next week real fast if they're for real, I think. Because I think the 49ers, at least defensively, are for real. So that'll be a great matchup. Dolphins offense, 49ers defense. Count me in on that one. Really looking forward to that one. Commanders. The Commanders with the goal line interception. I think he was actually in the end zone. 58 seconds left they secure a win over the Falcons that was a big game for the wild card implications and with that win the commanders make themselves the final team in for the wild card in the NFC which makes every team in the NFC East currently in the playoff picture so the Eagles are leading the division Cowboys Giants and the Commanders make up the rest of the wild card. We'll talk more about that. Later, Deshaun Jackson, he's still fast. He caught a deep ball for the Ravens, but the Ravens go down to the Jags. Jags with the upset. They knock off the Ravens. The Ravens are, they go for two to win the game right at the end, by the way. Four and seven for the Jags. Not terrible. Not terrible. Not terrible at all. Marvin Jones, catch made Marvin Jones to to the game-winning touchdown, essentially. But the Ravens confuse me. They win some games. They lose some games they probably shouldn't. Obviously, they win some games. They've won seven of them. But, yeah, they they lose some games every once in a while that I'm like, I feel like they shouldn't have lost that game. I mean, I guess the Giants, I guess they're lost. My freaking app is tweaking. I mean, now that I'm looking back on it, I guess at the time they lost to the Dolphins and you thought, huh, that's funky. They lose to the Giants and that was, you know, early, middle October. So you might've been like, eh, you know, week six, you didn't really know what the Giants were yet. They seemed to be a good team. And then the Jags. So, and then the Bills as well. So it turns out, you know, just forget that. they They've, you know, maybe one game, everybody dumps one game, they probably shouldn't, so... Maybe a good thing I worked through that before I started talking on this podcast about it. Um, Other teams going for two, the chargers, the chargers win and they go for two to do it. They beat the Cardinals who are an absolute dumpster fire, dumpster fire. And now in the post game press conference, Kyler Murray saying schematically, we're kind of fucked. Oof. Oof. He's also uh Kyler Murray. Also uh 0-3 since Warzone 2 came out. No, he's like 0-5. I don't know. Maybe 1 4. Are they one or four? He was oh he was injured the two weeks since Warzone 2 came out. Either way, things are not going well. And <clears throat> I I mean I don't see how Cliff Kingsbury Makes it through this. There seems to be an issue between him and, and Kyler Murray. There have been issues between Kyler Murray and, you know, the organization in general. They, you know, they had that uh, that stipulation in his contract where he had to study for four hours a week. Which is never a great sign that ends up getting pulled. This is Cliff Kingsbury's fourth year in Arizona. 5-10, 8-8, 11-6 last year, and now 4-8 this year. Seems like him and Kyler are at odds with each other. And coaches with a sub-500 record typically uh, typically don't win, win those battles. So, yeah. And by the way, I've mentioned this before. He... Has had so he coached Texas Tech for one, two, three, four, five, six years. Now, in his fourth year in Arizona, and barring you know the spectacular, this is going to be a losing season as well. He said three winning seasons in 10 years coming into the NFL when he was like this highly touted. You know, coach, he had had three losing seasons in a row, and four of the last five were losing seasons. Only won one bowl game. Never had a winning record in the Big Twelve. I just never got this guy, and I'm, I, I, I guess I'm getting him less. I mean, one, he had a good year last year. Twenty twenty was a solid year, but I don't know. Hard to see, hard to see him making it through this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. This guy's apparently got nine lives and he'll be the next highly touted coach somewhere. Probably fucking end up in green Bay. He'll probably sit out all next year. The floor will get canned halfway through and they're like three and five next year. And then the fucking Packers will hire him in 2024. That's what I'll, that's what, that's what I deserve as a fan. Probably. (laughs) I guess maybe not deserve. I don't feel I deserve that, but that's what I'm going to get. Uh, Mike White. Mike White goes ham, 22-28, 315, three touchdowns. He takes the Jets. Mike White in the rain, in the backup bowl. Uh, Thursday, good games on Thursday. The Bills, Cowboys, Vikings, all big wins. Uh, Bills a little, little more than they bargained for with the Lions. Cowboys, Vikings, good wins. All those guys really needed to win games. They've got to keep up or keep ahead of the divisions or in the NFC race. Vikings, NFC North, not really competitive, but they, you know, they want to keep up with the Cowboys and <clears throat> excuse me, and the Eagles. Um, so good Thanksgiving day games. Good Thanksgiving day, uh, Monday night football, nothing much here. I'm not going to lie to you guys. If this podcast, if you know, right following the segment doesn't have a Monday night football segment, don't be super surprised Steelers and Colts, uh, Oof! Oofda! Oofda! Um, Let's talk playoff picture. We've gotten to that point. So in the AFC, you've got the Chiefs, who I believe are pretty sound in their division, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're nine and two. Chargers are six and five. They should win that division. Titans are going to win their division. They're seven and four. Uh, next closest is four six and one. AFC North is a toss up. Ravens and Bengals seven and four. And then the AFC East is is tough. Uh, Dolphins and Bills, 8-3. Jets, 7-4. Patriots, 6-5. So a lot going on there. So the wild card, you got the Bills, Bengals, Jets. They can all still win their division. And then sitting just on the outside, you got the Patriots and the Chargers. Colts are at 6th in the wild card race. You know, they would be the, what would that be? They would be the... The 10th team. So they're out. So it's it's a you know, it's the Bills, the Bengals, the Jets, the Patriots, and the Chargers. So what do the Patriots and Chargers got next week? Because that's where, you know, things are gonna get nasty. Let's get nasty, Ricky. Oh, Bills, Patriots, Thursday night. Big one. Big implications. Jets, Vikings. Oh, goodness gracious. What are the Chargers got? Chargers got the Raiders. So Chargers should be able to win that. That's that's a very winnable game for them. So let's go over to the NFC now. The NFC, Eagle, as we've said, best you know, it's either the AFC East or the NFC East for the best conference in football. Eagles ten and one, Cowboys eight and three, Giants seven and four, Commanders seven and five. So there are you know, there's there's a possibility that the Cowboys catch the Eagles. NFC North like we said Vikings have got that handled. The NFC South, the worst, the worst by far worst division in football. Nobody over 5, nobody 500 at all. Bucks at 5 and 6, Falcons at 5 and 7, Panthers and Saints at 4 and 8. Holy Christ, what a bad division. Then out West you got the the 49ers in the lead, Seahawks hanging around 6 and 5. So, wild card in the NFC. Eagles Vikings are set. 49ers are, are still kind of they've still got a battle. Bucks they're in it, and then the wild card is the, all the NFC East teams, other teams involved the Seahawks and the Falcons. So really, the Falcons have got a lot of work to do. To the Falcons, pretty much got. I think they have to start thinking division or bust, unless they really go on a run. The Lions are four and seven with an outside outside chance. I don't think it's a good one. <clears throat> But, yeah, so I think it's it's going to be the NFC East teams, and then Seahawks or Falcons. Other than that, there's nobody else left. So fun week of football, fun week of NFL football. And, uh, you know, you know, maybe we'll talk about Monday night. Maybe we won't. Who knows? I made it till the end of the Monday night football game. It's not quite over yet, but it's a f- pretty much over. Steelers have the ball back with 30 seconds left. <clears throat> Colts have all their timeouts. They'll get the ball back with a 10, 15 seconds left. But holy hell, the mismanagement of time. There's 24 seconds left as we speak right now, and the, the Steelers are going to kneel. it. There's two timeouts left, so that's not enough. So they're going to let this go. Um, Just uh, I don't understand the clock management at the end of this thing. I mean, just good Lord. Could have been a pass interference. Darnier could have been a helmet-to-helmet on that last play as they're showing the replay. But, holy hell, I just stayed up and watched that whole game. That was that was something. The, it felt like clock mismanagement at the end. Colts got to, like, second and three with, like, a minute left and didn't call a timeout. Something along those lines. Holy hell. I can't believe I stayed up for this. What do we got next week? What do we got next week? Let's give you guys some lines, what we think, just quick ones. Uh, Bills minus five at the Patriots Thursday night. I like the Bills. Ooh, Packers minus three at the Bears? The Packers gotta be better than the Bears, right? Go Packers. Bills, Packers. Put them on the list. Uh, Titans getting five and a half in Philly? I don't know. I'm gonna stay away. Lions giving the Jags one and a half at home. Stay away. Browns minus seven. At the Texans, I'd go with the Browns. I'd go with the Browns. Jets getting three in Minnesota. Uh, Give me the Vikings. Broncos getting eight and a half at the Ravens. No thank you. Commanders getting two. Whoa, 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 whoa. Commanders minus two and a half at the Giants. Wow. Wow. I don't want any part of that. Dolphins getting three and a half at San Fran. Don't think I want any part of that. Seahawks minus eight against the Rams. Minus eight. Not interested in that either. Chargers minus two at the Raiders. I like the Chargers. Chiefs minus two and a half at the Bengals. I like the Chiefs. And then Colts Cowboys is also no line yet. Same as Steelers Falcons. So that's all we got for the NFL this week, people. Well, just to continue on, you know, the good fortune of my uh, my sports fandom, let's talk about the Flyers. Oh, boy. It's happening. It's happening. Like, it's, oh, we're in the throes of it. Three games this week. Three losses. Wednesday. Wednesday started with some hope. Played the Capitals. We're leading 2-1 in the third. But inside four minutes, they decide to give up a goal. Tied 2-2 at the end of regulation. We go to overtime. Overtime, where the Philadelphia Flyers have not found a way to win a game yet this year. They got dominated in overtime. Alexander Ovechkin ends up scoring the game winner. And, uh, yeah, just just not good. Just not good. It was uh, another instance of a winnable game that they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Just one of those. Friday. Black Friday game. Pens, the Pens. Dreaded Pittsburgh Penguins. Pens scored first and it was all all downhill from there. 4-1, just total domination. In period 1 this year and this still holds true with the Saturday game as well. The Flyers are -10 in the first period this year. -10. Let that sink in. Minus 10. They've only played 22 games. They're 7, 10, and 5 now. Only better than the Blue Jackets in the Metropolitan. Better than uh, the Coyotes and the Blackhawks in the Western Central. Not better than anybody in the Eastern Atlantic, in the Pacific, uh, better than the Sharks and the Anaheim Ducks. So, whew, good company. Good company to keep. Uh, Saturday, hang with the Islanders through two. Even we're leading at one point in the second, two to one. And then three goals were given up in the third period. Three goals. So, this now is a 10-game losing streak. I believe last year there were, were there just two of 10 plus. I think one was 11 or 12. So, oof. 3 games again this week before we talk again. Can they write the ship and just make it respectable? Can they write the ship? They got the they got the Islanders coming to Philly this time. Islanders are 15 and 8. That's you know going to be a tough one. Not a not, not an easy week, I should point out. And then Thursday at the Lightning, 12-7 and one solid squad. And then they host the Devils on Saturday. They're one of the best teams in the league. Funny enough, of their 18 and 4, one of those four losses was to the Philadelphia Flyers. So hey, maybe they can strike gold twice. Get that strike of lightning. Who knows? Well, we'll be back next week for more misery and despair for the Philadelphia Flyers. Let's talk North Carolina basketball. I haven't got to the point of the year where I'm watching a lot of basketball in general, college basketball in general yet. I'll get there as the NFL season dwindles down, you know, after new year, we'll get more into watching, you know, college basketball in general for now, just, uh, just focused on the heels and, uh, you know, the heels had a rough week, three games this week. They're playing out in that Phil Knight invitational. I will say one non North Carolina thing related. I caught a little bit of the Duke game, that Roach kid who plays point guard for Duke. I think it's Roach. He's their point guard. He looks good, man. I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's looked good for the rest of the year, but the 10, 15 minutes of the game I watched, I I was impressed by that kid. So something to keep your eye on. And last week, though, back to the heels, I talked uh, about how I was worried. I, I wasn't getting good feelings, good vibes, didn't like what I was seeing out of them, didn't like the stat lines and, you know, those things. This week did nothing for me to, to ease those feelings, obviously. Two losses. And a tight game against Portland out at the Phil Knight Invitational. I don't know, man. I don't know about this team, guys. I My worry was they caught lightning in a bottle last year. Got hot at the right time and made a run to the Final Four. And I don't know if they can replicate it. I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, The dude, Caleb Grill for Iowa State. So they lose 70-65 to to Iowa State. Caleb Grill is a baller. Uh, I don't know if he'll be a baller for the rest of the year or if he was a baller at all before, but in that game, he was a baller. Uh, I will say, one thing I was a little optimistic was Puff Johnson's back in the lineup. I guess he'd been hurt. Or out for some reason. I didn't realize that probably last week when we talked. But he's back this week. That's good. He looks solid. They need that. They need a little something off the bench. And he can give them some of that. They they, they really need depth. And they didn't have it. So getting him back is it's huge, I think. I made a note. And I remember thinking this during that game. Not impressed with Nance. I'm just not impressed with Nance at all. And... I made that note that night, and I'm going to talk more about him again, and and when we talk a little bit about the Alabama game, but he just does not impress me at all, like one bit. In that game, what do he have against Iowa State? Thirty-one minutes, nine points, eight rebounds. I guess three for six, two for four, one three-pointer. But I just didn't he's minus four. RJ Davis was minus 12. Woof. how do they keep it so close? They're all minus that much. Good lord. Um, but yeah, it wasn't impressed. So they lose that game. And then they play a wild game Sunday against Alabama. Four OTs. Crazy game. Odd thing though, Armando Baycott did not play at all in the fourth quarter. Fourth OT. Not fourth quarter, the fourth OT. Very peculiar, I thought. Very, very peculiar. Uh, wild kind of ending. It looks like Carolina takes the lead. They call a goaltending on a, a Caleb Love floater. They go to review. I don't even know if they went to review that or if they went to review the time, but apparently goaltending is reviewable. And it was it was very close. I mean, in the moment, I, I originally I was like, oh, that's totally goaltending. And then as they did the re, replay, I was like, ooh, that's not goaltending. So because there's no possession when they re- when they, you know, flip it, they go to the arrow to determine possession, which is a, it's stupid. It's time I, I the arrow sucks. Like we got to get rid of the possession arrow. Just go to like the NBA, just jump ball. And I don't know. I mean, granted I'm saying this as a Carolina fan, maybe the offense should just keep possession in a situation like that. Granted, you know, what happens if the defense had clearly caught it as a rebound? Who knows? But, yeah, that was, that was, turns out it didn't matter. Iowa State throws it away, not throws it away, but, you know, kind of gets it knocked away. And Carolina gets the ball back. Only for one Pete Nance to throw the inbound away with six seconds left. Just an awful pass. I mean, like, they were obviously miscommunicated with him and Leaky Black on a backdoor cut, but like he wasn't even close to throwing it in the right direction. wasn't even close, but yeah. And one of my concerns, and I, I talked about Puff Johnson a little bit, so it's good to have him, but they get 20 from Baycott, 34 from love 19 from Davis, and they get 10 each from black and uh, Puff Johnson. Only 39 minutes for Baycott. Very interesting that he did not play a lot coming down the stretch. Maybe they were. Maybe it was a foul shooting thing they were worried about. But yeah, Nance, 25 minutes, 4 points, 7 rebounds, 1 for 4, 2 for 2 from the line, 0 for 2 from 3, 5 turnovers. 5 turnovers. Baycott had 6 turnovers, so maybe that was a thing. Who knows? But yeah... And let's get into a replay a little bit, because this was what I, I was really, my big takeaway, other than Carolina is, I think, not quite all they were cracked up to be this year. But replay in basketball, and, and the play at the end of the game showed this. North Carolina knocked it away from Iowa State, and it was actually a play where it looked like it went off Iowa State a little more, like it he stayed on his hand. But for the longest time in basketball, you know, if if someone's dribbling off the court and the ball gets knocked out of their hands and goes out of bounds, it's out of bounds on the defense because they knocked it out of their hands. That's what we saw. Someone takes a shot, they get blocked. The ball stays with the offense because the defender blocked it out of bounds. Now with replay, what we're finding out is that yes the defender has blocked the ball out of bounds. But the catch is, they hit it and it runs, you know, millimeters up the the, the offensive player's finger. So the defender blocks it out of bounds, but then they're getting the ball back because those last couple inches touched on the offensive player's hands after the ball was knocked out of his hands. And while there's, you know, you see that and it's like there's no debating that it was last out on, you know, say in the block shot scenario, blast out in the offensive player. It's not really within like the spirit of the game or the spirit. I mean, I guess the spirit of the rule is a weird way to put it in spirit of the game. But, you know, just for <clears throat> the longest time basketball was played, that if, you know, the defender knocks it out of the offensive player's hand. It was out on the defender. And I know I'm arguing against actual physics here and actual, you know. <laughs> the laws of physics and gravity and things of that nature. But we've gone so many years of that and that the games will be played that way for like the first 38 minutes in you know college or if you go NBA for 46 minutes. But then in the last two minutes, essentially the rules change. And I just don't know if I like it. I mean, I actually, I know I don't like it. I don't know what the fix. I don't know if you just completely remove those from reviewable. But then there's going to be an instance where there's just an egregious one where, hey, you know, a shot's blocked or a defender knocks it out of his hands and, you know, the offensive player obviously reaches out on a whole nother motion, touches it, but the ref misses it and then you don't call it. So I don't know if you can walk it back. And maybe it's kind of one of those things where, like, the cat's out of the bag and now what do you do? Like, you can't stop it. But I just worry that you're going to play one game with one, you know, kind of set of rules for the first, you know, 38, 46, however long. And then the last couple minutes of the game, we're going to start, we're going to pull out the replay left and right. And all of a sudden, you know, something that would have been out on the defense is going to be out on the offense. So I don't know. It's it's a sticky situation, and I, I don't love it. I don't love it. i do not going to lie to you. I don't love it. So. Well. I think that's all I got for basketball. Once Carolina play again, I did not even look. They might be off for a little bit now that they just played this thing over all of uh, all of Thanksgiving here. Let's see if we can pull up a schedule. Uh, oh, not that long. Quick turn. Wednesday night at Indiana. Indiana is ranked 11th at the moment. So we'll, uh, we'll see how they do against Indiana. That's going to be a real test as well. All right, that's all, that's all for my uh, my basketball for today. Passing thoughts time. The run of Thanksgiving dinners for me has come to a close. I had three Thanksgiving dinners in like a two-and-a-half-week, like two-week stretch. Finally ate the last of my leftovers. I'm all gone. It's all done. Christmas, we'll, we'll get something similar. You get similar dinner at Christmas. Many people do a ham maybe a prime rib but you get this you, a lot of times you get stuffing mashed potatoes something similar so you know till then till then until next year Thanksgiving good old turkeys mashed potatoes leftovers been making myself a lot of turkey sandwiches and just you know tossing all the gravy in there ah so delicious so delicious there's been another Thanksgiving tradition that's come of you know come of late and that's watching. Rocky 4, Thanksgiving Night in the Old Walls House. It's become a tradition, and it's probably the best Rocky movie of all time. Not going to lie to you. But yeah, Thanksgiving Night, Rocky 4 kind of kicks off the holiday, you know, the Christmas season, if you will. You know, Rocky does fight Drago on Christmas. And the roommate kind of did lean over to me at one point and go, man, this is almost like a Christmas movie. So, she's, I've I've hooked her on the tradition of Rocky 4. And while we're on it, let's do Rocky rankings. Let's just do it. My Rocky rankings. These are mine and mine alone. I don't have to justify these to you, peasants out there. Rocky Four, best Rocky. It's the most fun Rocky to watch. It's the most rewatchable of the of the of the six movies by far. It's ninety minutes start to finish. It flies. It's like, holy shit, we're just getting right to it. Every, like, it just gets boom, 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 boom. The training montage might be the single greatest 10 minutes in cinema history. Yes, you heard that correctly. The single greatest 10 minutes in cinema history is the Rocky Four training montage sequences. Cause there's the first, when he's doing it, he's getting it. But then Adrian comes and she shows him his support. And then he then hearts on Fire plays. And then we're running up that fucking mountain. And we're coming for you, buddy. We're coming for you. Oh God. I love this. I get fired up just talking about it. I get all excited. I get antsy. <clears throat> I don't live in the biggest town in the world. And I watch the Rocky four training montage. Like when I run on the treadmill, like at the end of my runs, like get, yeah, you know, push you over the line, get that last, that hard push at the end. It says famous near you, like in the top corner every time I watch it. I'm pretty sure I'm, I got to account for 99.9% of all watches of that in my town. And maybe, maybe somewhere else in my town, there's just some dude doing the same. Every couple of days he watches the Rocky IV training montage. I mean, I watch it two times a week. You know, I am do treadmill, you know, treadmill or cardio a, a couple times a week. If I'm doing treadmill and I've got a spot to put it, I watch it. If I do that air bike, don't want really have a spot to put it, so I just got to listen to stuff. But I have listened to it at times, too. Okay, uh, next is three. I, I like three. I think it's uh, a fun one. I think it's, you know, it's it, – I just like three. I like three. I think, I, I think it's four, three, one. One is great. But it kind of drags. There's there's some slow parts to it. It's a longer movie. I think it's. I mean, I'm, let me double check here. We'll look it up. I, I'm pretty sure it's north of two hours, closing in on like two and a half. Let's see here, Rocky. Rocky. No, two hours on the button, almost 119 minutes. So yeah, four, three, one. And then I have two or six kind of you know flip flopperable. Um, and then five, obviously, is the worst. There's no doubt about that, but it does have the end of five is actually pretty good. As bad as five is on the whole, the um the final fight with uh with Tommy Gunn is great. In the ring, in the ring, Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. My rings outside. And then he gives him with the he goes Tommy Gunn thinks he beats him one more round. I ain't hear no bell, Tommy. Oh god. What a great fucking set of movies. I love them. Oh, so fucking incredible. So fucking incredible. You see, can I find what the runtime is of all of them? No, no, that's just too much to ask. Rocky 2. Rocky two is two hours. Three is not a full two hours. I don't think maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Three's a hundred minutes. He starts pairing them down. Four, 91 minutes. Five is 104 minutes. What's Balboa? 102 minutes. Yeah. So he gets them paired down. Oh, but God! Great movies, great movies. Speaking of great movies, and speaking of the Christmas season, the greatest movie that ever was for Christmas time, Die Hard. Die Hard's the best Christmas movie there is, folks. Face it, it's coming up. I just, uh, I so I'd always had Directv, and I'd recorded Die Hard almost as soon as I got it. So I'd been keeping. I just would every Christmas go watch Die Hard. I have the recording. Bam. Well, turns out, when you don't have DirecTV anymore, because they suck, you got to go out and buy Die Hard so you can have it to watch. Well, I found Die Hard for $4 on Blu-ray. What a steal. I mean, they want you to buy it like 25 on the streaming. It's like, well, then what if I don't have the streaming service? And do if that goes down. Now, if you had it on Blu-ray... And I'll probably only be able to watch it for like two more years because nothing else is gonna have, you know. See you can't even find Blu-ray players anymore, probably. But four bucks, what a steal! What a steal. So die hard, that's coming up. Speaking of TV, and I said, you know, I've I've dropped Direct TV, I've mentioned that before. They suck. Direct TV sucks. But one of the things since I've I've switched to YouTube is on my TV, I have a Samsung TV. And because it doesn't have anything plugged in, like, that turns on, like, the DirecTV will be plugged in the HDMI, it just defaults to its, like, Samsung TV thing that has all these channels. And so, recently, I just kind of went spinning through there. They, I knew they had had all these old throwback music video channels, which are awesome. You just throw it on; it's, like, 2000s throwback music videos. It's great. Well, one of the channels is some sort of golf channel. And all they do is play big break, like almost exclusively. I think I've checked it like six or seven, maybe, maybe up to 10 times now. And all but once it's been big break and it's been big break for like hours out in ahead. Like I've scrolled for him like, oh, it's just big break for like the next 10 hours. There was one time it was somebody was given a lesson. So I've just been sitting around like every once in a while. I'll watch like 20 minutes of like old big breaks. It's great. I got to take a day and just sit there and watch a bunch of them. It'd be great. Let's do this. Let's just get it out of the way. World Cup. The World Cup. I've watched 10 minutes of the World Cup. We didn't really have anything going on. We're about to go somewhere. And I watched 10 minutes of USA England. It was tied. 0-0. 0-0. Zero, zero. Like 85 minutes into the match, it was tied 0-0. Zero, zero. And then, you know, they go to stoppage time. They're like, "Yeah, there's about four minutes. The timing in soccer is so dumb. We're just like, "Yeah, it's four minutes-ish. And we're going to let it go until, like, we find a spot to stop it. You know how the game ended? You know how the game ended? some American dude just kind of kicked it out of bounds and the refs were like, Oh, we're good now. See ya. I don't get it. I I just don't get how they haven't refined that to be like, Hey, we got to actually like have a time and have a sense of urgency. Like you got to score before the time runs out. (coughs) Excuse me. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, I believe the USA, Tuesday they play Iran and if, if it's win or, uh, if they win, they move on. If they lose, they go home. I think it's pretty simple. I don't know what a tie does. No idea what a tie does. But maybe a tie doesn't. Maybe a tie they're out to. I don't know. I think they have to win. Who knows? Um, Been, they've been seeing a lot of commercials for Yellowstone 1923. Harrison Ford's in it. Helen Mirren. Looks good. Not going to lie. They're going to milk that thing for all it's fucking worth, though, apparently. Um, I still have, I, I watched the first two episodes of 1882, I still need to finish that, and I'm two weeks behind on regular Yellowstone now, that first episode just didn't do it for me, and I've, ew, I don't know, I've been struggling to get back into it, so, we'll uh, we'll see if I can catch back up. Other TV I'm looking forward to, Jack Ryan, season 3, coming out 12-21, so just, uh, just under a month away from that, excited to see that. And uh, a boxing match this weekend, not enough going on in the boxing or UFC world or anything I kept track of, but one match I am looking forward to this weekend, Chocolatito Estrada three. That is Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez versus Juan Francisco Estrada. Uh, They last fought in March of 2021. It was a close, but a little bit of a disputed decision. Many people thought Roman Gonzalez had won. Francisco Estrada ends up getting the, uh, getting the nod on the cards. In that fight, the fighters threw a combined 2,529 punches. It was a fantastic fight. Uh, Hopefully this next fight is as well. It should be. So that is this Saturday. I'll be looking forward to that. And that's all I got. So let's go take this thing home. Over to the student-athletes who play football. Emphasis on student first, of course. What a fucking joke that is um college football college football let's start with Clarky's corner Clarky's corner <clears throat> he goes three and one this week old walls goes two and two Clarky gets the win with Tulane he had them picked them for uh, just to win outright I, I tailed him that was a 27-24 win over Cincinnati he liked Michigan plus seven and a half I believe I said something like fuck Ohio State and tailed him on that one yeah that one covered no problem we'll get to that more later 45-23 Ohio State he had Coastal Carolina plus 13.5 versus JMU. They lose uh, 7-47. to So uh, we each take a loss there. And then I split with him on one game. Illinois minus 14 against Clarkie's own Northwestern Wildcats. I rolled with the Wildcats, and I made a poor decision. That was a 41-3 loss for Northwestern. Illinois easily covers. So on the year now with that 3-1 three and one week Clark, he goes 32 22 and two well walls I'm 31 22 and two so I need to make up some ground here this week I don't know you know we're gonna call this the uh, the finale of the regular season maybe we'll do a a bowl edition as well and I need to make up some ground I'm I'm a little behind you know so gotta figure this out he likes LSU plus 17 and a half against Georgia Ooh. Man. I'll go Georgia. I'll take Georgia. I don't really love that, but you got I got to make some picks against him. Tulane over UCF. I uh, I believe UCF is uh the favorite team of Clarky's brother, so interesting, but I I'll I'll, I'll I'll tail Tulane, Michigan minus 16 and a half. I'll stick with Michigan or sorry, that's just 16, just 16. Michigan minus 16 versus Purdue. I don't think they'll have any trouble with Purdue. I'll tail that. Clemson minus seven and a half versus UNC. Give me UNC there. I'll go UNC and then Kansas State to upset TCU. I'll take TCU. So I'm gonna. He gave us five picks. I'm gonna disagree on three of them. We'll only use that Kansas State TCU one if we need an upset because that's a you know a tiebreaker because that's a pretty big upset call there. So around the rest of college football, what do we have? Let's start with our uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. They break away in the end. Defeat Michigan State, 35-16. Sean Clifford throws four touchdowns in his final game at in Happy Valley at Beaver Stadium. Cool, uh, cool little video got posted after the game. He was just out chucking the football around with somebody. Post game, stadiums empty, just him out there, just kind of basking in the last, uh, you know, the last game at Beaver Stadium. That's a cool moment. You know, he's only been there for six years, but <laughs> oh gosh, so. Penn State has done this now the last couple times they've been to bowls. They've kind of fallen into the spot where they've gotten a nice little arrangement. Last time they were to a New Year's Six Bowl, 2019, they were in the Cotton Bowl, and they played Memphis, a team they were, you know, they outmatched. It was just a different level. And in 2017, they got a good match against Washington with the team they just outmatched. That was a close game, though. And this year they're slated to go back to the Cotton Bowl, which is an at-large bid versus a group of five bid is the way that one's decided this year, and they're set up to get to Tulane. They're going to be up to about seven or eight in the polls. So good little good little season. Uh, disappointing, I know that you can't beat Michigan or Ohio State, but they're good teams. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's you know maybe you just have to accept it. In college football, there's not really much as much movement as you know like the NFL where you can go. One year from really bad to really good. Maybe ten and two is the kind of season Penn State can have. Eleven and one if they get lucky. If they keep doing that going forward, they're going to be making the playoffs. That'll be the real test <laughs> if they can keep doing it going forward. Because something in me tells me now they'll start going nine and three and missing the missing the twelve team playoff by fucking one spot. So we'll see. Big game of the weekend: Michigan rolls Ohio State. They were going deep in the first half, I think. I was catching the game like in bits and pieces. But at the end of the game, they were running away with it. Just big 75, 80-yard runs to to call game. So, yeah, uh, 252 yards rushing. And I got to say this. I don't know if I said this last week. I would meant to, and I don't know if I did. I can't remember. In post-game interviews, and, and Harbaugh did it really good this week. He just literally brought in his player and ran away. Then he I don't even think he said anything. Like the announcer was like, Coach, coach, come back. And then the quarterback's just laughing and was like, Yeah, that's him. And two weeks ago he did something similar. He said like a couple quick little things. He's like, here, talk to these guys, and then just bolted. I love that. When they win, all the you know, all the good stuff to the all the praise to the players. I love that. One of the reasons I was rooting for Michigan over Ohio State. And I also loved when Harbaugh was like, yeah, some dude started on third base and thought they had a triple when he was talking about Ryan Day inheriting the team. So that was great. Um, This is the first time Michigan has won back-to-back games in that series since 1999 and 2000. 1999 and 2000. I would bet over half of those players weren't even born the last time they won back-to-back games. Ohio State had won 17 of the last 21. Michigan had won in 03, 2011, and 2021. But now, back to back. Um, Other things happening around college football. Clemson loses. Oregon loses. LSU loses. Craziness. Craziness. Georgia and TCU win. TCU blows out whoever they were playing. I forget. I took my note and then I forgot it. And then USC took care of business. They're up to the number four spot. This this could be real simple for the playoff. Georgia wins. Michigan wins. TCU wins. USC wins. They're all in. They start losing. Then it's going to get dicey. Then it's going to get interesting. That's probably more fun if we see things start losing. Then people are going to start yelling at each other. It's going to be awesome. Uh, No playoff pullout yet, but... And number five is Ohio State. I have to imagine if they, this is the coaches poll. Ohio State's in five, Bama's in six, and Penn State's in seven in the coaches. AP, Penn State's eight, Tennessee is seven. This is just a flip-flop. I I don't think there's a way that Georgia and Michigan could lose and then be out. USC loses, they're going to be out. TC loses, I think they're out too. So Ohio State and Alabama are just, you know, they're praying for some, some craziness in that Big 12 game and, and in the, uh, the Pac 12 game. So college football championship weekend, conference championships, Friday night, Utah at USC. Again, U, US, not at USC, playing USC. Again, USC win and you're in, lose and you're out. Like there's no doubt about that with USC. If USC loses, Ohio State's in, USC's out. Saturday, Kansas State, TCU. I don't think TCU can afford a loss either. I don't think they can lose and be in. So I think they have to win against Kansas State. As you all know, Clarky's picking Kansas State to beat them. Saturday, LSU, Georgia. I don't think there's a whole lot of consequence to that game other than bragging rights and winning. I don't think LSU, I don't know, maybe. What's what they? What else? LSU? No, nope. Sorry, I thought LSU was ten and two. LSU is nine and three. They're not getting in. And then unranked Purdue is playing Michigan in the the Big Ten. So I don't. I even maybe maybe if Michigan loses, they're out. But I don't think so. I think Georgia and Michigan are safe. Win, lose or draw. And the teams on the outside looking in are going to be Ohio State and Alabama. Man. It would be tough to put Alabama in and then not Tennessee since Tennessee beat Alabama. What are Tennessee's losses? Georgia, not a bad loss. South Carolina, that loss hurts. Alabama's loss is Tennessee and LSU. Alabama's got better losses than Tennessee, but then there's that whole head-to-head thing. Weird stuff. Weird stuff when you, you only get four teams in, so... All right, let's let's uh, let's head to championship week. Closing time, everybody. Let's get this thing wrapped up so you guys can head off to work, head home, go wherever you guys are going. Again, thank you so much. I appreciate everybody listening all over the world in the 20 different countries we've been to, the 33 different states that have been represented. Thank you to everyone who's continued to listen. I appreciate it. I'm having a blast. Hope you guys are enjoying your time when you're listening to me. As I mentioned at the top of the show, t-shirt giveaway, three t-shirts to be given away. Reminder, all you have to do is share the show and tag me. And every time you share and tag me, you'll be entered to win a shirt. Again, Wally's World 09 on Twitter, Wally's World 09 on Instagram. Tag that and you'll be entered to win. So please, please share and tag and get yourself entered into the giveaway. I'm back next week. As always, I'm coming back. You getting more of me whether you like it or not I'm coming so until then peace Pray, play, 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 play,